Everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. Real extra uh, this week. You didn't hear anything. I, I'm pretty sure I did. No, you didn't. You're making uh, it up. Don't look at me like that. This week we're going to be talking about <laughs> uh, Jupiter's Legacy. So yes. Jupiter's Legacy came out on Netflix uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks. A few ago, weeks ago. Uh, we just finished it up, so we wanted to talk about it. Because uh, we have things to talk about. We have opinions. Yeah. For those who don't know about Jupiter's Legacy, brief synopsis of it is that it takes place in two timelines. Uh, one timeline focused around how the group of superheroes got their powers. Uh, the other timeline focused on uh, their interaction with uh, their family in the future. So it is... All the original superheroes are now old, uh, and they all have kids, and it's about them interacting with their family as the world changes from what they're familiar with. This was originally a comic book by Frank Quitely and Mark Millar. Um, it was a six-issue series mini, and then they did a 12-issue Jupiter's Circle series, which was the like prequel stuff. The like leading up to the older superheroes being in like the 60s and 70s, I think. Um, and then they did a volume two, which was another six issue mini. So may have only been four issue minis, but I'm pretty sure Mark Millar does everything in six issues. So <laughs> I'm it's been a while since I've read it, but uh, really good read. Highly recommend the book. The show has some significant differences from the book, and we'll cover those uh, in our like more spoilery section. But first, initial reactions. T, what did you think of Jupiter's Legacy? It was fine. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I, that's such a lackluster answer, but it's true. I just don't feel like we saw anything happen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I thought some of the acting was very quality. I thought some of the acting was not as quality. Um, I thought the costuming to some extent was good. Like I thought the historical part, here's the thing. They broke it down into the two halves of the timeline and the earlier timeline was super engaging and really interesting the costuming and the set design was really cool. The coloration of everything was really cool. Like, the cinematography, the transition into how they became superheroes, all of that was really interesting and engaging and cool. And Josh Duhamel ate up his role. Mm -hmm. And it was great. The modern timeline was just, like, the first three episodes of a, of a CW show. But, like, not any of the good drama, just, like, the first three episodes where they're still building up how broody all the characters are. And that was pretty much it. I feel yep. like nothing happened in the current timeline, which I feel like lots of stuff should have happened in the current timeline. Yeah. But, like, nothing did. So, <laughs> yeah, the appeal, and I won't spoil much 
of the story elements that got missed in this show that were in the comic for two reasons. A, if they do it season two, that's going to be the main point of that season. So I don't want to ruin that preemptively for people. And uh, second reason being, I don't want to ruin it for you. you know it's I mean? true. I have you not haven't read, read, read the comics. No, um, I didn't know what I was getting into going in. And I was yeah. sort of like, well, okay. You're exactly right. What, uh, As someone who read the comics, a bummer for me was that they just didn't hit on things that made this more than a superhero book. They, uh. they, there's stuff that happens in this that, uh, just makes it stand out. That makes it unique. Okay. Um, and while there's kind of elements that they touch on that they kind of dabble with in this, that, you know, kind of make this its own sort of thing. They never really do and so it, it ends up just being you know a, a derivative superhero story about superheroes dealing with family drama or like superheroes dealing with the real world which yeah like i hate to say it but it's not like that's not, this is the first time we've seen that in cinema looking at you nolan well and that's like a, a big problem with it too is that you know, in eliminating some of the more interesting plot points, you know, because they had eight episodes to do this. Right. This was like a f- four, a six, potentially four issue, because I can't remember, uh, miniseries. But it was it was no more than six issue miniseries right. um, that they were effectively dealing with, because this was mainly, while they do, you know, do peaks in, like, one brief peak into... Uh, the older superheroes in the past having already become superheroes and kind of like setting up their union and stuff. There isn't a whole lot of Jupiter's circle in this. No. All the like them going to the island to find powers and stuff is also in volume one of Jupiter's legacy. So though it's not as like detailed. Um, but, you know, in eliminating those plot points, one of the main plot points that constantly comes up is the world's changing, man. We're having to change with it. But the only part of the world that really seems to be changing is that the bad guys are getting better at killing super people. Yeah, and exactly. Exactly right. So it's hard to lock down a lot of people's motivations when there's not a lot of establishment of like other things changing in the world. I, I feel like there was like a brief, like we see like a newscast in the background or something. Um, and that was it. That was like the only time we see something outside of the superhero world. So it just makes all the kind of like action and, you know, conversation pieces and stuff that happen in this seem very limited in scope. It's yeah. like the people championing, oh, we should change the code. Which is the central focus of this whole thing is this idea of the code. There's this code that the superheroes live by, which effectively is just like, we won't govern, we won't kill. So we're not going to use our power to conquer the world. Um, And people are getting fed up with the code, mainly the we shall not kill part. um, Because supervillains are killing people. People are dying. Yeah, it's weird because there is one section where the main character, Josh Duhamel's character, uh, kind of goes off on like a, 
this is what's happening in the world today kind of like monologue but it's it doesn't talk about the super part of it he just sort of like rambles about how like you know there's violence and and like it's very much a relatable this is happening in our real world we've heard this this is the type of thing that we say to each other on you know at dinner parties but nothing about it makes any sense for why super people would need to kill other people and I think that's the problem is that they're like, the world is changing, but that's not what matters in this scenario. What matters in this scenario is that supervillains are changing and nobody's talking about that. Nobody ever explicitly says it's always like the world is changing and it's like, okay, but what does that have to do with you? <laughs> like, mm. like the world can change, but if you're still the most powerful beings and have no rivalry, then nothing's really changed for you what's changed is that you now have actual antagonistic opposers mm. you know and like yeah. they just don't they don't talk about it like i wish there was a segment that was like this super villain you know back in the day the most this super villain ever wanted was to rob a bank now they're stealing nuclear codes and we've got to protect our own like if it were if, if they actually explicitly expressed like this is how things are changing for us as heroes and the danger that we're facing, yeah. I feel like that would be more pertinent. Yeah. No, I I, I feel you. I, I think there was just a lot of details Missed. about the world that were left out. Yeah. You I know, agree. and it, it makes even beyond the scope of super people, even just like what's going on with, you know, normal people. Some of the people that are higher up in the chain of wanting to change the code constantly kind of make reference to, like, we could fix this world. You know what I mean? Yeah. But aside from the generic stuff of, like, oh, businessmen are corrupt and politicians are D-bags, they never really give any sort of, like, dire necessity to this change, you it's know? It's really not. So it's it's, like... Which kind of makes those people just seem like old, exasperated curmudgeons more than anything. Yes. Instead of revolutionary, like, zealots for this idea. Yeah, let's make change yeah. and here's how and um, here's why. So it was weird. And that's the thing. is The important thing to remember is, and I just looked it up, it's a five-issue mini. Okay, so you were um, in between. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Six seemed like too much, but four seemed like too little. I don't know why I didn't just settle on five. <laughs> um, of this five-issue mini, they barely did two issues in eight episodes. That's such a weird And choice. I get that, like, Mark Millar's style of writing and style of doing things in miniseries, he always does, like, four to six-issue miniseries, can make it really hard to get, like... He moves very fast in these miniseries. It can be hard to get the point across. And it can be hard in a format that's more dedicated to, or more directed at, like, John Q. Public, and a format that requires a lot more, like, you know, bit-by-bit -bit storytelling. It can kind of be hard to keep up. So, admittedly, like, there's enough that happens in those two issues that 
sure, like you could work that out and add in some fluff stories and stuff like that to, you know, really drive the point across. But honestly, like in my opinion, like they could have gone because there's a big shift in the comics between issue three and four. And issue four kind of goes into what will eventually become volume two. Okay. So four and five, it's like a time skip, time jump. Yeah. And then we're looking at four and five taking place in this certain timeline. And then the second volume also taking place in that same timeline. Right. Um, and then Jupiter Circle in the middle being all the like precursory stuff. Um, like the original union. Um and there's no there's no reason in my mind they couldn't have gotten they couldn't have toned down some of the like origin stuff and like Sheldon going crazy and going to talk to random farmers and stuff and getting beat up in the streets of like depression era western towns they couldn't have just like gotten rid of some of that stuff and moved a little bit faster in the modern story to get to the point where there's like a big breaking point between the characters there's a logical that ultimately leads to like something else uh so it was weird it you know talking about the good things like t said josh duhamel did great a lot of the acting was great leslie bibb did great um the Older superheroes actually looked better on screen than I thought they did. I always thought they looked kind of silly in the production stills. I was like, ooh, her wig is bad, and his he looks like muscly Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> I just always thought it was like a weird choice. Uh, but it ended up looking fine and kind of making sense. Yeah. The action was good. The effects were good. Um the Le- costumes were cheesy, but, you know, I think they're supposed to be. Leslie Bibb's action sequences were some of the most entertaining thing in the whole program. Because they were like, hey, just grunt. Like, yeah, just people scream don't, the whole time. Yeah, people don't, like, get into it. They always act like they have perfect breath support. But that's bull crap. Just like, you know, ha, and hey, yeah. like, make some noise. And she, like, really took that to heart. And I mm-hmm. really appreciate mm-hmm. it. It uh, I think too they definitely made a choice to um. And you know, obviously here we're getting a little bit spoilery. I forgot to do like a, hey heads up spoilers because I'm gonna be comparing the comics to the show. But honestly, I think I'm doing a good enough job avoiding like really distinct spoilers. We so. haven't talked about any spoilers yet. Um, There's one spoiler I want to talk about, but I'll do it right at the end. Yeah, some things going forward might be a little bit spoilery like smidge spoilery and then we'll have like one big spoiler thing that we're going to talk about so now is the time to stop listening if you haven't watched jupiter's legacy and you want to go watch it yes just in case um anyway uh what i feel like happened mainly in this is that they spent a lot of time trying to not make the younger superheroes just like shitty people which (laughs) in the comics it's kind of how they are. Like, a lot yeah. of them don't... They just like all the drugs and alcohol and attention. It's all sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know, they love the attention that they get. Yeah. They're in it for the PR and the publicity. They don't actually care about helping people. There's that scene that they put in the comic... Or in the show that I think is also in the comics. Again, it's been a while since I've read this. Where one superhero talks about, like... 
I'm not going to get into the fight. I'm just going to show up at the end when they've weakened him and be there for the photo op. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's that was a good example of how they feel. Pretty much all of them in the comics. Um, and it's not more exemplified the differences than in Brandon. Brandon's yeah. character in this is way different than he is in the comics. In the comics, Chloe and Brandon are kind of the same. Chloe is a little bit harder on the like drugs and stuff like that. A little bit more of like a washed out kind of feeling character. Yeah. Uh, burned out character. Uh, whereas Brandon is like living the life. He's like dressing nice and, you know, drinking and having groupies. And like that's what he wants out of being a super person. Yeah. He's a celebrity. And that's the contention between him and his father in the comics is that. His dad's like, I'm out here working. You could be out here working too. But Someday there's going to need to be a new utopian, but look at what you're doing. And it's just constantly disappointed in him. And then like to prove his dad wrong or whatever, he gets drunk and tries to save like a ship or something. I forget exactly what happens, but he gets drunk and tries to do heroics and people end up getting hurt, Oops. which pushes him further away from his dad. And then stuff happens from there. In this, they decided to make Brandon really just trying. He wants to be the next Utopian. He's, like, in line to be the next Utopian. He wants to do it. He wants to be a hero. But he's also just incredibly stressed out from the pressure that his dad puts on him all the time. Yep. So instead of a, you know, distant, disconnected relationship because papa's disappointed in brandon kind of thing yeah it's that like hard like okay you got an a but why not an a plus kind of dad yeah you know yeah it's absolutely like, he cares for brandon very obviously he wants brandon to succeed very obviously but he's going about it in a much too intense controlling way and that's what's pushing brandon away but when you think about it they're still very close even if it's like a very tenuous closeness yeah, it actually puts more of the onus on Sheldon than it does on Brandon because yeah. it makes Sheldon look like a narcissist. Like, the only reason you're not okay with Brandon and the way he behaves is because he's not exactly like you and doesn't make choices exactly the way you would. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. is it, I don't remember the book having as much of a... the comic having as much of a push on this code. And the code is mentioned literally every 10 minutes oh in this. God. and Every... 10 minutes they they're very much trying to establish that this is why what eventually happens and again shocked as all get out that they uh didn't get to this point that they didn't close this season on this point but whatever um that what eventually happens happens because these kids are caring compassionate strong-willed and they just want to do what they see is right as opposed to it happening because they were a bunch of like narcissistic buttholes groupie mongering <laughs> celebrities who got manipulated into abusing their power which is effectively what happens in the comics is they're kind of scumbags a lot of them feel like there's no good superheroing to be do like to be done anymore yeah and they get convinced like hey you want to do some good superheroing? Do the stuff that the union's afraid to do. 
and they're like, oh, okay, cool. And then that's what the change happens. Um, a change that didn't happen in this, which is, <laughs> again, crazy. Um, so I don't know. I, I really hope this gets a second season because I think this has a lot of potential to be a really cool kind of subverting tropes and pushing boundaries superhero show. Right. But I'm I'm probably like 60% convinced this is not going to get a second season because they handled the first season so slow and poorly that I think it's going to shy people away. Yeah, I can see that. All right, so spoiler warning. I'm now going to get into a big old spoilery plot point. So, we we if you're not out, you need to get out if you don't if you don't know. Get out of here. Get out. Okay. Now that the the spoilers are gone, the the spoiler averted are gone. Mhm. Part of what was really frustrating to me in this is that the the two roles that were the best acted, in my opinion, and the most engaging characters, in my opinion, were George and Walter. Mm -hmm. And Walter is probably the most interesting to me, personally. He's very relatable. He's probably the best acted in terms of both timelines. Um. We don't see George as much in the modern timeline, so it's hard to determine. But most of the actors either did really good in the early timeline or really good in the later timeline. But not not many of them did both. Um, Leslie Bibb did pretty well in both. And I thought the Walter actor did really, really well. Um, My problem with the Walter actor is that I thought he did a great job but they didn't set up him being the bad guy nearly enough. They made him redeemable from step yeah. jump one. They made yeah. him the victim. They made him like relatable and and heartbreakingly sympathetic from like the initial jump get go through the entire eight episode thing. So at the very end, when he becomes like horrible human being, you're like. Wait, what? They did not. Where the hell did that come they from? They did not do a good job making him sus throughout the series. No! They really did not. Um, not at all. I was so heartbroken. I was mad. Chris can attest. We're watching it. And like, I actually pause it and I was like, why did my character have to be the bad guy? Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, it's, you know, that is something that happens in the book. Walter is the one that, you know, leads the push to turn on the utopian and Lady Liberty and take control of things. He, that does happen in the book. But this, you can kind of tell the show was written by people that knew that was eventually going to happen. Right. And not written for the people who don't. Because I was watching it. And experiencing it as somebody who knew that Walter was going to turn. And while there were a few very, like a handful of very subtle kind of nods to that in how he interacted with people, you can kind of see him pushing his manipulation on Brandon at various times. You can see him trying to push manipulation on Chloe. 
you know, you, there's conversations he has with Sheldon where he seems to, like, suggest, like, maybe we should do more than what we're doing. Um, there's, like, one conversation that's not subtle where he's literally like, we could, you know, we could do more. And Sheldon's like, no. And But you kind of just see that as, like, oh, this is all that code stuff that's happening, yeah. you know. Um, but there's no real, like, hmm, why was Walter there? when he claimed to be there or anything like that. You no. know what I mean? There's no like, well, that's convenient that Walter would just show up right now and stuff like that. You know? Yeah. There's, they didn't do a lot of signposting to lead to the twist. If you haven't read the comic, they absolutely didn't. And I, and that's the thing is like, if you haven't read the comics, you're the ones who need the signposts. Yes. The people who've read the comics know this is going to happen. In fact, I almost got I got nervous about like by episode eight, which is where the twist happens. I was nervous that they weren't gonna do that. Yeah, <laughs> and there's this whole random like Sky Fox fight in uh, Black Star's mind, and they're like leaning heavily into Sky Fox, and they do this in the comics. Like Walter tries to make a bunch of things look like it was Sky Fox's fault, but it was actually him. Yeah, but. I was like, they're just not going to do it. They're just not going to make Walter bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just wasn't, I wasn't convinced. And that's, that's the thing is like, there's the big turning point of this series in the comics is a huge schism between superheroes and is a huge, like, rejection of the union in, like, violent ways. And that's, like, the big turning point. But here we have season one, eight episodes, and by the end of it, up until the very last, like, five minutes, I'm convinced none of that's going to happen. Yeah, and, like, the problem I had, too, with Walter is that y you don't give him room. Like, I noticed, I did see, looking back on it, I do see a couple of these moments where they're, like, Walter's kind of pushing his limits, like, particularly in the, the late flashbacks where they're talking about they already have their powers, but it's still, like, the 20s, like, they just got their powers. And there's mo there's a couple instances where Walter says something like, you know, we could just take over the world. And then he's like, I'm joking! I'm just kidding! I'm just, I'm just kidding! I'm yeah. You, unless you go and do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. one of those scenarios. But my issue is that they make Sheldon so staunchly, narcissistically, stubbornly set in his ways and so unwilling to bend and consider the needs of these otherwise very good, very try-hard kids that you're right. Anytime Walter talks about, like, what if we adjusted the code? What if we tried to, like you know, consider other options. What if we, like, really look at this and, like, talk about it? It doesn't make him seem sus at all. It just yeah. makes Sheldon look like a really stubborn D-bag that doesn't want to change because he's yeah. set in his ways and he's the leader and he's the one that made this happen and everything's because of Sheldon. And rah, 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 I'm the utopian. Like, they do a bad job making the utopian kind of an ass yeah. they make him too much of an ass and it makes walter in comparison 
this like older brother just trying to do the right thing, trying to be the pragmatic, logical, thought forward brother rather than the like golden boy flight of his pants, like do what feels good in the moment, brother. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's they set them up where I would have believed Sheldon was in the wrong the whole time. Yeah. From start to finish. I think um, character motivations are a bit <laughs> shaky, too, because, like, they, in the beginning, they harp on the, like, you were never there, Dad. Mom and Dad, you were never there, which was a big part of the character motivations in the comics, is that they feel abandoned, effectively, by their parents, who were just focused on this superhero thing and not doing a good job raising them. And they, like, it literally opens with that theme. And then, like, first couple episodes, that's a big part of the relationship. Right. You know? But then, later down the line, it becomes, like, Chloe and Brandon seem more pissed that the utopian is so controlling. Yeah. Like, you know, he showed up here with bagels, and, like, he's trying to tell me, like, mom's trying to tell me who I can and who I can't be with, and... You know, Brandon's, like, grounded for doing what he did. and Yeah. And it's, like, they seem more upset that he's so controlling. But, like, can you mm-hmm. be overly controlling if you're also never there? Yeah. You know? And it's it's a weird, like, it makes their whole, it kind of just paints them as... Brats? Bratty. Yeah. And it, yeah, yeah, it does. And it, so, I don't know. There's There's a lot... I know I've been harping on it a lot, but there's a lot good with this show. I'm just worried that the bad it's gonna is going to shy people away. Yeah. And like you said, the one main sus thing that Walter ever did, like jumping back to what you were talking about, about him being like, well, we could conquer the world. I'm just kidding, guys. Ha ha ha. LOL. Right? Like, that would whoa, that'd be weird if we conquered the world, wouldn't it? Whoa. Um, was like five minutes before the twist. It also wasn't, <laughs> gotta say, it wasn't well established that that would have been out of character for him because they show him in the future, and in the future, he's very much relaxed. It I got excited because at that moment, like, he starts doing the joke. I was like, oh, this is when Walter starts to mellow out. He got powers, and now yeah. he doesn't have to worry about himself and his brother and his yeah. family anymore, so now he gets to be just, like, fun, chill Uncle Walter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is where it starts. But no, this is where he starts being super sus. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't prepared for that. So I don't know. Uh, Jupiter's Legacy. I don't know. I hate to do it, but like a four out of ten. Yeah. It was just. It was very slow. I think a season two could change everything. I think if they get a season two, which I don't know if they have or haven't. I haven't looked to be honest. It's not doing very well in the ratings. It's not. Um, if they get a season. Two, it could be very, very epic. So, you know, if you have Netflix and you want to watch this, go for it. The acting was good. There were some pretty funny moments. Uh, there was some good action. Yeah. Uh, good character concepts. Like, there were some really cool character concepts that weren't in the books. Like, villain concepts and stuff. Um, Sky Fox's kid, we haven't talked about him because he's not relevant for like 90% of the actual big plot that they establish in mm-hmm. this. But he's awesome yeah. and he's acted very well. Yeah. Hutch and Chloe are 
probably the standouts of this for me. I, I really liked... I think they had a really good development. I think they took way too long to get Chloe where she needed to be. Yeah. Especially since what happens to Chloe in this happens in issue one wow. of the comic. <laughs> and it happened in this in episode six, I think. Um, cool. Wow. <laughs> it's just like... I don't I don't know why they decided to take so long with things. Yeah. I feel like they could have jumped out the gate with establishing who these characters are and starting to like establish the dynamics. Yeah. And then like episode 2 we already could have had conflict and then they could have evolved from there. And I loved all the like origin stuff, but I just don't know if it was necessary. They, I don't know if they yeah. could have like, would it have been better for them to just hint at that stuff? They leaned, To entice people and then do it more heavily in season two. They leaned but way too hard into Crazy Sheldon. If they weren't able to get more than eight episodes and get to a cliffhanger that was actually a decent cliffhanger, uh, then they shouldn't have they shouldn't have done eight episodes. Yeah. Or they shouldn't have done the origin stuff. They should yeah. have made more room to develop. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, that's really where I stand. But again, there's a lot of good stuff to watch here. Um, I don't necessarily agree with T in that some people acted the 1920 stuff and some people acted the modern day stuff better. I thought they all did a good job with both, um, with what they had to work with. That's true. You know, some characters were a little bit more muted than other characters, but... Um, I think it's good. I think it has a lot of potential. I just don't think it was handled very well, so it's a bit slow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good that's a good summary. But when you take eight hours to make two issues of a comic and do a TV show, then that's what you get. It's a weird choice, too, considering that we've had plenty of Millar miniseries made into movies that are mm -hmm. an hour and a half to two hours long yeah like like hey it, we made this five issue mini into an hour and a half long movie yeah cool and they've done um, that a lot so yeah. it's not like it hasn't been done before it feels to me like a production choice of like they went through the story and they were like let's bookmark all our season ends like these are all the things worth ending on yeah and that way we can milk like 16 seasons out of this 10 <laughs> issue mini yeah true and it's like but why not just do season one is all most if not all of the first volume season two is everything else and then if you have a demand for more be creative you've got mark millar right there you can be like hey mark we need more and just like have him do it let him figure it you out know? so i don't know um i hope they do more I agree. I would like, thought. I would very much like to see a second season. I thought the first season was a little rough, but I think there's enough set up that a second season could be really, really cool. Yeah. That's going to do it for us. If you liked this episode and you want to see more episodes of Real Extra as well as all the other things that we do, uh, you can find those at CoverBPodcast.com. That's right. And you can also follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, which... I'm trying to keep updated. Same. <laughs> Not doing well. It's it's fine. We're doing fine. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, we will see you guys on the next episode of, of Cover B. Bye, everybody. Bye.